All right, and welcome to the Business Shower Podcast, a podcast for business owners to shine. Today we have uh, Joe Graham from 150K Podcast. Joe, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. So um, tell our listeners who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm a sales guy overall, over pretty much everything. I started a podcast in June, but to give you a quick background. I've been doing sales for about 15 years, mostly over the phone from oil and gas sales to heavy equipment to right now work for a multi-billion dollar company selling uh, fiber contracts. So I've been doing sales forever. Um, I got an idea to help people with sales because people kept saying, hey, well, how do you do this? You know, And to me, it makes sense because I'm in that world, but a lot of people sales is scary or it's you know difficult or whatever. But um, once you realize you're just helping people out, that that's that's kind of my whole thing. So I started coaching people back in June. Started the podcast. Have had like I've done twenty eight episodes so far. So I'm loving it. It's pretty fun. Yes, awesome, awesome. So tell us your story and how it shaped you to who you are today. Like, how did how did you come about in this business? How did you get into sales? Um, what were some of your fears around sales? Because I could definitely share my feels, fears around sales. It is just crazy. But tell us how you got started. Sure, sure. And it's funny because I was actually never thinking I was going to be in sales. It wasn't on my mind, wasn't on my radar. What ended up happening was I worked for a company. I was in college. You've heard of them called Pfizer. I was working ah, yeah. in the factory um, in their management training type of thing, going through that. This was a few years back mm-hmm. and they downsized and I was married. I was just about finished school, had a family. And I'm like, crap. And the only job I could get was a sales job. So, you know, having to provide, I stepped into it cold turkey. And like everyone thinks I was scared. I was thinking this is crazy. I don't want to be a salesperson. I don't want to do anything. And I started doing it. And I realized that if you look at it correctly, you're just helping people solve a problem and they're going to buy from someone anyway. So it's great. Now, I would love to tell you, I started out and I was killing it and crushing it. I wasn't. Um, I was doing like roofing windows and siding. Uh, This guy was super nice to me. Took a kid that had never done sales before and said, hey, I'll give you a shot. My first sales deal, I literally told the customer, I can't do this. I'm going to leave. And <laughs> and he goes, dude, I'm going to buy. You're good. You're good. Like my first customer sold or bought for me. Like he sold himself. I didn't sell. That was horrible. Wow. Um, but then going along from there, fast forward, um, when I was doing oil and gas sales, I was talking to the top 5% in the US because it's a risky investment mm-hmm. and selling them like, you know, $100,000 investments. And it's just, once you're able to change your mindset into sales, it's just helping people. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear me say this a crap ton, because really that's just kind of how I view it. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it easier because now you're just problem solving. And it, Kelly, if I can help you solve a problem and you're going to pay me for it, it's great. But if I can't, I'm just going to refer someone to you. And so I did that for years. I got out of oil and gas because it was just too volatile. Ended up now I work for a big cable company called Spectrum Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, selling multi-year contracts for them. And I just kept having people because they see me win awards and see me win all this different stuff. Well, how do you do that? Why does it seem so simple to you? And I'm like going, this has been 15 years in the making. This has been the whole being in front of people, being afraid to pick up the phone, 
tripping out just that whole thing, but to the point now that I'm just able to help people. And that's why I started the podcast. And that's why I started just doing sales coaching, because I think a lot of your listeners might have an idea or something. And to them, maybe it's just simple and easy, but to other people, it's not. You can bring people so much value with the wisdom, the knowledge, and the stuff that you know, that maybe is simple to you, but it's not to them. Exactly. And, and that's kind of where I came up to doing the 150K podcast. And another real quick story on that. Mm-hmm. The reason I picked that number is, is because most salespeople do not make it over 100000 a year. Mm-hmm. Most Americans, and I don't know what it is for world, around the world, but the average income for an American is 50K. Yeah. So 150K, honestly, you're rich. You're making really good money compared to the world. I'm not saying you can't make more. I'm not limiting people. Don't take that wrong. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. if I could help people get to that point mm-hmm. and they could go on the trips with their kids and do the fun things they want to do and bless their charities, churches, organizations, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that works for me. So that's kind of the long, short answer of it. Okay. So the 150K podcast, what do you guys talk about on on this podcast? I'm like so interested now. Like what type of uh what type of clients have you interviewed? Have you ever interviewed anybody in real estate? Because you know that's my that's my big not yet. Okay. So I've not I've not done real estate yet. Okay. I've done a bunch of different people. You may have heard of Zach Babcock, Underdog oh. Empowerment. He okay. was just on my podcast a little bit ago. Oh, I take that back. My buddy Pedro Moniz does do real estate, but he also does a men's product. I've actually, I I know a lot of entrepreneurs. I know a lot of business people. So Mm -hmm. I bring them on to show people different ways because maybe your way is not sales, Mm -hmm. but there's so many different ways to break that 100 barrier or that 150K barrier through your ideas, through whatever. I just had a really good friend of mine named Jenny Hall, who's an Etsy seller. She makes bank on Etsy. She goes on and she helps people on Etsy make their SEO and all their stuff just like pop. And it's amazing because I had no idea. Like I've been in sales for years, but I don't sell online. Like I don't yeah. sell like, you know, products. And so I just, I've just tapped into my network. And then I also do, so like on Tuesdays is when I release like my group coaching or my, uh, my guest ones. And then on Fridays I do little uh, sales tip ones or mindset or stuff like that to kind of, you know, let people know, hey, I'm not just, you know, some guy, recording I can help you too possibly <laughs> yes absolutely okay so that that's amazing um I definitely uh feel like your list well my listeners need to listen to your podcast as well especially if you're trying to get to that number so all right what did you take uh from school I'm gonna ask this question. What did you take from school that's helping you in your business? Is there anything that you learned? Were you a marketing major? Um, what 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 did you major in school? Well, I majored in international studies. So I really like to travel and I like culture and I like people. That's kind of just something I've always been into. Uh-huh. Um, I've traveled to five different countries. I've been to Bolivia, Malaysia, Mexico, Canada. Mm. Okay, that's four. I said five. My bad. I went to Malaysia <laughs> twice. Um, but that's what I was going into. And then I got a general like uh, business degree. And mm-hmm. when I was in school, I was just kind of going down that path. Um, but now actually, I feel like I'm in school again, learning how to build business and connecting with entrepreneurs and, and that. So I guess the biggest thing I would say is doesn't matter how old you are. I'm 44. Mm-hmm. Chase your dreams, go after what you're wanting to do, find people that can help you, mentors, people that are like close to you in age, people that are a little bit higher along the path than you and people that are a little bit lower and just learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Always be learning. 
Yes. I guess that would be the biggest thing. Yes, absolutely. So um, what's what do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur and what do you feel like is the hardest? Um, I enjoy most about helping people. I love seeing people win and succeed and, and being able to do that. And I also love freedom. I love being able to do what I want, when I want, and not having anyone tell me what to do. But the yes. flip side of that is the same. If you are 100% an entrepreneur, it's 100% on you. So all the results, everything you need to do, you have to get after it. You don't have a boss saying you need to be working at 8 a.m. You don't have you know, a back system to say, well, I don't want to do this. I can have my back office at work, do this or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's on you. You're building a dream. So there's a lot of work. There's a lot of um, stuff you deal with, but I love it. But it's definitely going to be a lot of work. You almost, my good friend, George Bryant says this, you have to have tight containers. And what I mean by that is you have to have a set schedule of when you're doing stuff. So like tonight, my wife knows I do podcast stuff on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So it's scheduled out. I got my little screen up. They're way off so that I don't have the little pug. I have pugs. I don't have a little pug come barking. You know, I set set times to work in my business. I set set times to work in my health. I set actual times to go hang out with the wife to do stuff with the family because when you're an entrepreneur and you're running a business, you're pulled every which way. Absolutely. So you have to have that schedule. Absolutely. Vacation is not really a vacation because you're getting emails, especially if you didn't build out your company to have systems in place to handle these things when you're away. So you're absolutely right. So I completely get it. Okay. You have to. I, I, I actually have gone on more trips this year than I had when I wasn't running a business. Mm-hmm. But I've just because I got the work and the time stuff set right. Mm-hmm. Now I get so much more done. Everyone thinks the schedule's a bad thing. Schedules are amazing. No. Now a year and a half ago, I would have told you I hate, I don't want to schedule. I just want to do what I want. But now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I want to do this, 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 and this. Let me tell you, I've never been the type that hates schedules. I love schedules. I'm the person that's on vacation that has everything planned out and itinerary. So mm-hmm. we can make sure we do everything. And I actually include rest. In our <laughs> nice. itinerary. So yes, I love planning. That's just that's my thing. Okay. That's awesome. That's so awesome. what what was the pain, biggest pain point that you were dealing with with uh COVID when COVID first happened? And are there any pain points that you're dealing with currently? Um, well, for me, when COVID happened, it actually just gave me more people to help mm-hmm. because people couldn't just go do face-to-face. People couldn't just go out and find something. They, you know, a lot of people started looking online, looking to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So the pain point was, I just had so many people saying, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Mm -hmm. That it actually, COVID made me start a business. Not in a bad way. I was doing fine, but like, well, I want other people to go have fun stuff so I can can do that. So with the COVID, with that, it didn't really, it actually helped me. And not that COVID helped me, but just, you know, people needing help. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good thing. So um, we all know that entrepreneurship could be a tough road um, and sometimes it's very hard to stay motivated. So in those difficult moments, how do you stay focused on moving forward and making progress? Um, I slow down to speed up. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed or worried or frustrated, I'll take a step back. I might go and do like a little walk. I meditate when I walk. Some people are really good at going and sitting. I'm not that person. So like I'll go on a walk. I'll I'll 
do some exercises. I find movement for me works really well. So like lifting weights or I have a heavy bag or whatever, I might read, but I just, I, I stop in that moment if I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I just take a step back and try to look at it from a neutral standpoint, not a, oh no, I have to get this done. Cause if I don't, I'm screwed. But as a business, how is this going to work? What can I do to make it work? Mm-hmm. What haven't I tried? testing to see if it works this way if that doesn't work okay great we're going to test and try a different way yep. yeah i think that or if it's super bad then i have friends that go and say hey i'm just i need help mm-hmm. which is hard for most entrepreneurs because most of us are lone wolves or we're going to conquer the mountains or we are going to do all of it yeah. but you can never build anything great by yourself you can get to a certain point but you're going to need people that you can depend upon, that you can connect with, or like you said, even when you're in that dark time, support you and lift you up. Mm-hmm. And then you be that way for them too. Exactly. That's that's amazing. I couldn't have said it any better. Um, I struggle with asking for help too. So I'm like that person that was like, I don't want to have help, but I'm actually getting help now. And it's it, it feels really good to yes. have somebody on the outside looking in and they're like, well, you can do this and this and this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay it's great because when they look at it they're not worried about paying their bills or getting stuff done from it so they can look at it from a really good objective standpoint say but did you try this and then you're like no i didn't think about that yeah no Mm -hmm. i'm with you i'm yes it sounds it, it feels really good but okay so here's here's the one of the signature questions that we like to ask all of our guests um, what's the most important thing you learned in life, right? What was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after? Mm, that's a good question. Mm. The most important thing, and this can be a little bit different that I learned in life is trust yourself, mm-hmm. love well, mm-hmm. and take risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up young, trying to be the people pleaser, trying to get things done, trying to make people see me, see me, see me, and not really trusting who I was as a person or what I was supposed to be, or my gifts were there, but I would like go, oh no, I'm not that good or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but once I figured out, okay, first trust myself, I I am capable of doing stuff. I can do stuff. Great. Love. Well, meaning first I have to love myself, which is hard because it's great to love other people. You can do that, but loving myself and taking time and saying, okay, cool. I am worthy to get stuff. I am cool. I can handle things. Like a buddy of mine just had me do this challenge thing and I practice what I preach. And he goes, Hey, I want you to write 10 things that are positive about yourself. Now, if you said, Kelly, tell me 10 things positive about me. That's easy for me to do because I can see people and tell it, but I literally wrote it on my, my whiteboard, 10 things that were positive. So I wrote like, I'm funny. I'm smart. I'm brilliant. I have them right in front of me. So learning to love well, doesn't just mean love others. It means love yourself first and then be consistent in what you're doing once you get those two things good the sky's the limit take the risk go after the, your dreams you have one life to live exactly. don't let anyone or anyone's thoughts ideas circumstances about you who cares screw them go after what you want to do and become the person you want to be Absolutely. and you'll go so much farther than anyone else because most people quit yeah i know i know and it's very easy to quit because it's almost like well, this isn't working out and this isn't working out and that's not working out. So yeah, it's it's definitely very easy to quit. I completely understand. I've been there. I've been, it's came out of my mouth, but I haven't mm-hmm. physically done it. 
So, yeah. Well, but here's the thing. What we need to do is that we're going to have those times where we feel like we're going to quit or we're going to like, oh, it's over. Mm -hmm. You just have to push through. You just have to reach Mm -hmm. out to your friend, reach out to your community that you have around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Write that on your board. Like I said, my friend Trainer Dane told me, and I remember, and I've looked at it like 10 times this week. That's why it's on my mind because he told me to do it on Monday. And I'm just like, because five years from now, you're going to be the person you are. Are you going to be the person that you've been trying to become? Or are you going to be where you're at? And you don't want to be where you're at. You want to become that person you want to be. Exactly. Is it going to be hard either way? Yeah. Which hard do you want? Yeah. That's amazing. Did you hear that guys? Those are definitely gems for you guys to keep pushing. Um, so what re what, what are the best resources that helped you along the way, uh, to start and run your business? Uh, anything that you can give some of the new business owners that are out there? Resources, a, a few things. So one of the things I did was I joined a group that helps me with it, that it started with the business because I had a dream. I have an idea mm-hmm. and all, but I'm really good as a front man. I can talk, I can do podcasts, I can sell stuff. Mm-hmm. I need help figuring out how do I set up stuff in the back end? Well, so I joined this group. They have a whole little training I can do on it. Okay. Um, I also have connected with tons of people that know and do things I can't do. Because remember, I said you can't do this on your own. Mm. I can write stuff out. I can do stuff out. But it's going to take me 10 to 20 times longer to do certain things. Whereas I can maybe pay someone a set amount to do X, Y, Z for me. I think most business owners, and I know we have budgets and stuff, so I'm not saying mm-hmm. go spend all your money, but yeah. if you need help in like, I don't, I would never develop my own website. I would never, you know, do my own like accounting or stuff like that. I have a friend that does all my business stuff on the back end because <laughs> she's great at it. I would hate that. That would like yes. drive me nuts. Yes. Um, And then read. I read 10 pages a day. On purpose. I got that from 75 Hard, so I can't claim that that was my idea. I don't ever take ideas that aren't mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read 10 pages today. Like right now, I'm reading Tim Grover's uh, book, Winning. I just read The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. I just read Extreme Ownership before that by Jocko. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading, like, because these people have been successful and you can read and get their knowledge and their wisdom exactly. and you can shrink time. Because that's what we want to do as entrepreneurs. We want to shrink time. Mm-hmm. I know that was a bunch of different things, but. Yeah, no. I sometimes get going. I'm like, ah, <laughs> that's okay. But listen, <laughs> I want to go back to a point you said. You said that um, you always you you have an accountability group, which is what it sounds like. There, you, there's people that you surround yourself by, uh, surround yourself with that keeps you accountable. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that part. But then, then you also said you well, you didn't say it in these words, but. You never, you're, you're never going to be the smartest person in a room. So you're surrounded right. by people that can help you grow and help you, you know, yes. learn different things, which is really good. I really mm-hmm. like that. Now, can you elaborate on the 10 pages a day? Because I have been trying to read this book and I'm like a chapter a day, but then the chapter uh-huh. is like 30 pages. Yep. So sure. elaborate on a 10, yeah. 10 pages so, a day. A lot of people have heard about it. Andy Frisella has his, uh, fitness mental challenge called 75 hard. One of the things with it, and I just finished it was you had to read 10 pages a day. So because I had to do that, I had to drink a gallon of water and do two exercises. There's just a bunch of stuff with it, but it gave me the habit in 10 pages a day. um, In 75 days, I read two and a half books. Mm. So if you can just 
get in the habit of reading. It's going to help you. And reading's a lot better than if you have to listen to audiobooks, that's great. When I'm driving to work or going to an appointment, or whatever, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm filling up. But there's something when you read, it connects with your brain more than with, well, at least with me, than with like just hearing it audibly. Um, and it just makes you be more, I think it's because you're more present in the moment. Like I can drive and listen to a podcast. I can watch, play on my phone and listen to a podcast. I can't like read and do something else. Yeah. So with me, I love to listen to the audio, but I, I have to have the book too. Mm-hmm. So that I can follow the words. So it's almost like someone's reading to me. I don't know why. It's just I'm so weird. Oh, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with okay. you. As long as you're reading and getting that in you. Like yeah. if you look at most of the most successful people mm-hmm. um, from Damon Johns to Warren Buffett to Elon Musk, they all read. Yeah. There's a key true. there. Like yeah. success leaves clues. All these people are reading. I'm going to read. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So... <clears throat> Here's here's the next signature question that we always um, ask our guests that come on our show. So is there anything unique that no one knows about you or your business that you want to share here on the podcast? Unique. Um, I mean, I have a bunch of crazy stories. Uh, a funny, well, not funny, but kind of interesting one. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were actually stuck in Malaysia for five extra days during 9-11. Now we got married. Oh, this story gets even funnier. We got married in July, but we okay. went later because we were younger. We wanted to go on a mission trip honeymoon. Guys, if you're listening, don't do that. It was cool, but that's not the best thing to do. Honeymoon, mission trip, they kind of don't go hand in hand, okay? Mm-hmm. I was young. We got married young. We've just celebrated our 20th anniversary, so that's great. Congratulations. We're good. But I was just thinking, like, that's just something unique and weird. But, yeah, we ended up staying five extra days in the Pan Pacific Hotel in Malaysia during, like, right after 9-11 happened. I had had a goatee, and at that point, just because I, I, I shaved. Like, I hadn't shaved in a long time. I was like, I'm shaving. <laughs> I'm getting back in the country. But, I mean, that was just, like, a crazy time. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, and just not trying to be... F- Giving a little humor, but not trying to be too funny on a really sad subject there. But yeah, yeah, we were there five extra days. It was wild. Well, you had an extended vacation. I almost yeah. got stuck in Florida this, uh, I know it's not out of the country, but I did I almost got stuck. I felt like I was out of the country. Let me just put it like that. Um, we went to Florida for our, it's like an annual trip we take for our um, anniversary every year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're taking another honeymoon right nice um and it was a very big storm here in new jersey and they were like all flights are canceled this just that and the third and i just so happened to book our returning flight through spirit airlines because i was being cheap Mm -hmm. and i was so (laughs) that we were gonna have to because i we were at the airport and the guy was like oh yeah so the next flight goes out next friday i'm like what? Next Friday? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I got to get back home. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. But yeah, I mean, it, it would have been an additional vacation, put it like that. But that was a great story, though. <laughs> okay. So um, before we wrap up, do you have any questions for me? Um, ooh, I've never had a podcast ask me that. Yeah, um, something that I do. You got me with that one. Mm-hmm. 
any questions for you? Well, this is our first time meeting. You're a real estate person. So we'll just switch roles for a minute. So if I was wanting to get into real estate and all, how much money would I need to first invest? Mm -hmm. And would you recommend single family or multi-unit? I recommend, I'm going to answer the second question first. Because the first question kind of has double standard. Um, But I suggest multi-family. Um, And the only reason why I suggest multifamily is because you can technically make money or offset your mortgage with your tenants in the other uh, apartments. And I don't suggest two family. I suggest three or more family home. Mm -hmm. So So more like like an apartment like type of thing, even a small apartment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I like that idea because that way, if one doesn't pay rent, there's still three or four more that might. Exactly. So I definitely, and even not even an apartment, like a whole apartment complex, because that is, that gets kind of expensive, especially depending on where you are in your market. But if you can find a three family home, even if you can't find a three family home and you can only find a two family home, you still want to have that other tenant paying majority of your mortgage and then you're paying a majority of that. And then my tip to that is wait a year. Make sure you keep your credit up and then take out a home equity line of credit and Mm -hmm. purchase another home. And then then just build the empire. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I like the idea of real estate. I just have not done that yet. It's a process. It's just not, I have not done that aspect of what I'm building. Again, Uh, making sure I have everything set right. But yes, I love it. And then the first question, you can start wholesaling. You can start wholesaling um, with no money down, but fixing and flipping is a whole different monster. You need credit Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to need some type of money to be able to uh, put a down payment for hard money lenders. Or you need to have a list of private money investors that's willing to invest in your project. So wholesaling is something that you can do with no money down. Um, even though, you know, it's very hard, you're literally going to have to find somebody who is very interested in selling to you, um, and then flip that contract to an end buyer. And then you make what we call an assignment fee, um, which could vary from $5,000 all the way to $25,000. It all depends. So there's different things you can do to get started that is zero money down. Uh, but it's definitely, it's, 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 a, I'm not even going to lie. It's a stressful business. It took mm-hmm. me almost six months to get my first deal. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's still going on. I just want to let y'all know that that deal is still going on. It's, <laughs> it's still happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's definitely. Well, and see, I want to, I want to be like a limited partner when I get into it. So I want to have money invested into it and not have to deal with, I want people like you to make me money and I'm going to do my thing. I'm good at that's kind of where I want to go with that. So you want to be that private money lender. That's what you pretty much want to be an investor. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that. We need to talk. I'm going to help. I'm going to help. We can. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get there because that would be so awesome. um, To actually, to to do it to do it like that because you're gonna make a good amount of money on your investment on your return of investment especially if we get and we get the contracts for very low price because we want to make money and mm-hmm. we don't want to make the small amount of change we want to make a good amount of change so yes yep. we definitely need to speak <laughs> cool. okay so 
let our listeners know how they can connect with you online. Uh, please put all your handles and, you know, just let them know. And then also let us know if you have anything that's coming up with your sure. podcast. Yep. So uh, the easiest way to catch me, it's 150K podcast. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify, Breaker, pretty much wherever you can do podcasts. Um, on Instagram, my Instagram is 150K podcast. On Facebook, it's 150K podcast group. I do have a, not private Instagram, but another Instagram page called Joseph, I think it's Joseph E. Graham, because I couldn't do, I couldn't just do Joseph Graham that was already taken. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's where you can find me there. Um, I do have a Facebook group, the 150K podcast. Like I mentioned, I do sales trainings in there, a lot of free ones. Okay. Um and then eventually people can move into my coaching program if they want. But a lot of stuff I do is just free, just helping people get started with what they're doing with their dream. Maybe it's they need help with mindset. Maybe they need help with just learning how to do sales or even asking for the sale because a lot of people get scared about it. And that's so easy because if you bring people value, if you're ethical, if you're moral and you're kind, people will buy from you. They're going to buy from someone and might as well be you. Exactly. Exactly. So quick story. Um, the first time I, uh, <laughs> the first time I went to make a sales call in real estate, I was so scared. And mind you, I came from a recruiting world, so uh, you know, recruiting is sales. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I scared? After the first call, let me tell you, I felt so good. And then mm-hmm. I went right from there. I went straight into what we call door knocking. So I'm door knocking. I'm mm-hmm. going around and, you know, with my list of properties and I'm knocking on people's door. And I, it's like I had no fear, mm-hmm. no fear. But it just I never thought I would be a sales type of person, but I love it. Like, I, I really do. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, it, what it is, is it's a mindset shift because it's sales in a good way. I have a business. I'm helping you with something that you need. Exactly. I'm t- keeping or I'm making it to where you are the reason I'm giving you the service, the product, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And again, and I say it so much, the eth- being ethical, people mm-hmm. want that, moral in the sense that you're not cheating anybody and you deliver, exactly. you're good. Sales is a made up number. I know this is funny, but this iPhone, I'll pay a grand for. My wife hates iPhones. She won't pay $2 for one, but she'll get a Samsung phone. Isn't that funny? Yes. And now I just have your listeners, the Samsung people and the iPhone people are like, ah, but they both value the other thing. They both do the same thing. Exactly. It's just the value you associate with it. Absolutely. My husband is a He's not an iPhone user, so I call him boring because I could never FaceTime him. So, <laughs> but that is a wrap for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, peace.